Welcome to the Rise Revitalize podcast, where we give you short, simple messages to help you become the best that you can be. This is your host, Mitch, and I'm excited to share with you a story today, a story of overcoming adversity, of overcoming extreme challenges and coming out greater on the other side. I thought this story would be fitting because it's a very dark time in the world right now. You know, as the coronavirus has hit just about every country on the planet, people are scared, people are afraid, people are losing their livelihoods, businesses are suffering, and it's really easy to give into the fear, into the hysteria, to have a negative mindset. But it's times like these where I try to remember that in every setback, there is an extraordinary opportunity. Every hardship offers us the gift of growth, of learning, of developing ourselves so that we come out greater on the other side. It's not what happens to us that defines us. It's how we choose to respond. Adversity doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. And now more than ever, I think it's important for us all to take the road less traveled, to not give in to the hysteria, the fear, the panic. It's our responsibility to lead and to be a light for others in these dark times. And when I'm having a really bad day, you know, when I'm struggling, I think because this is really affecting our business too, over two thirds of, you know, our retailers for Revita Energy Tea right now are closed. It's a more challenging time to make sales, to market our product, but it's also a great opportunity to be there for the people who need it, to create an iconic brand because we were there for everyone when they were down, when times were tough. And so I like to think about this story and it's a story of Rob and I's mentor. His name's Rick and he's an extraordinary man because he's taken both of us under his wing. He's created a phenomenal business, changed thousands of lives, you know, he's created over a hundred jobs in our economy here and lives an amazing life. We really look up to him and we're very, very blessed that he gives us his time. And as we've gotten to know him and, and understand his full story, we're just amazed by, you know, the hardships that he's had to overcome. He's paid the price. You know, and that's what I'll leave you with today. To create the life that you want, the success that you want, you have to be willing to pay the price. And you'll see that here with Rick's story. Because man, did he ever pay the ultimate price for success. So Rick was born in a small town in Saskatchewan to a man that was a first generation Canadian. So Rick's father's father moved here when he was in his early 30s from Norway with nothing and took up a homestead. This was right before the Second World War. Something that's, I think, tough to even fathom for me to just move to an entirely different company or country, have no way to communicate or contact your family back home, have no idea where you're going. It's the complete unknown. No help from the government, no money, nothing. And just make a life for yourself and for your family. It's extraordinary what he did. So you can imagine what Rick's father's upbringing must have been like. It was tough, you know, raised himself a lot of the time. But he was given the gift of the values of hard work, of perseverance, of always doing things your way and creating for others. And Rick's father passed this on to him. And Rick tells us that, you know, his childhood was not easy. You know, his parents were new entrepreneurs. And as many of you know, you know, when you're first starting a business, there's just not a lot of money in it. 
you know, it, it could take three or five or even 10 years before, you know, you're profitable to where you can make a good living. So Rick said there wasn't a lot of money growing up and it was just a tough time in history. He tells of going to elementary school every day and getting in a fist fight, you know, whether getting beat up by multiple kids or getting jumped. I mean, this was a time where, you know, teachers could still give you the strap if you were misbehaving. You know, time, I just don't think many of us can really comprehend what it was like back then. You know, with all the anti-bullying campaigns and social media that we have now, it was just a different time. And Rick said every time he would get beat up or tossed around, he would go home with a bloody nose and tears. And his, his father would tell him to man up, to not back down, to stand up for himself. He said, you're going to get pushed in life. You're going to get knocked down. It's your responsibility to push back. It's your responsibility to always stand up. And that's a lesson that served Rick for his entire life. And as Rick went into his teen years, his parents started to do a little better. Things got a little bit easier financially, but there was a lot of naysayers in Rick's life, a lot of doubters. He tells us how his own grandma told us how he was too stupid to go to university. That's what she would tell him, that he was never going to amount to anything. I can't even imagine what that must have been like to hear things like that from your own family members. As Rick got a little bit older, he took a real interest in engineering, specifically in oil and gas. Because his father ran a construction business in oil and gas and Rick would work for him in the summers. And he decided that he wanted to become an engineer. He wanted to go to university. But kept hearing these things, you're too stupid to go to university. And this is one of the first great lessons that Rick passed on to us is that what other people say and other people's opinions of you has no bearing on your destiny. It's up to you to create your own success. And what other people say about you, other people's doubt, means nothing. And it is, it's your responsibility to dismiss it and move forward, no matter what. And so as Rick graduated high school, he applied to a whole bunch of universities to get into engineering. And he suffered one of the first great or what he perceived to be great failures of his life. He didn't get in to engineering in any schools in any universities. He was rejected by all of them. He didn't quite have the grades. It was a massive disappointment, but Rick decided he'd go to school anyways, take some general courses, and see if eventually he could get in. And as his first semester, taking a bunch of general science courses at the University of Saskatchewan, Rick just decided it just wasn't for him. You know, he really wanted to do engineering. He didn't want to just, you know, flounder in these courses at school. So he decided to drop out. And he moved back home. And I'm sure he could hear those words of his grandma loud and clear. Rick, you're too stupid to go to university. You'll never amount to anything. But that didn't phase him. He went back home, started working for his dad again, and he applied to a whole bunch of different schools. And the following year, he was accepted into a two-year program, two-year program, a diploma program for engineering. It wasn't quite the university degree that he wanted, but it was a great start. And now you have to understand that, you know, Rick was going to be the first person in his family line, the first person ever to get a post-secondary education. And he said that terrified him. No one had ever done it before. He didn't even know if it was possible. And this is when he developed a mindset. And it's a very important lesson that he's passed on to Rob and I, and I'll pass it on to you. And it's the failure is not an option mindset. He said when he went into that two-year program, he decided that no matter what, he was going to get that diploma. 
It didn't matter if it took two years or three years or five years or 10 years. It didn't matter how many tests he was going to fail. He was going to get that diploma no matter what. Failure was not an option. He made up his mind. He was going to succeed regardless of the circumstances. And I think that's such a powerful mindset. Because I know in my own life, when I've applied that, when I've really came up with the failure is not an option mentality, I've always succeeded. And if you think about it, how do you fail if you don't quit? It's impossible. Such a powerful lesson. So Rick went through that two-year program and it was hard. It tested him. Courses like thermodynamics were more difficult than he ever imagined. But he made it through. Got his diploma. He's so proud. Moved back home. Started looking for jobs. But this deep inner desire that he'd always had, which was to work for himself, to start his own business, was just screaming for an opportunity. And before he could find a job, Rick found an opportunity to team up with some local farmers in the community and start an oil company. So exciting, amazing, you know, barely 20 years old. And Rick went to the bank and managed to secure a loan for $20,000, which doesn't seem like a lot of money now, but back this was back in the 1970s. That'd be like seventy dollars or $80,000 in today's dollars. That was a lot of money, money that he didn't have. But he's excited to start a business, to get after it, to create his own path. So he piles this money in, teams up with these farmers, They ended up securing some land in Saskatchewan and they're going to drill some oil wells and start an oil company. Incredibly exciting opportunity for such a young man. And the first well they drilled was okay, produced a little bit of oil, but then the second well wasn't so great. Neither was the third. Within years of starting this company, Rick suffered yet another great failure in his life. The oil company failed. He lost all of that money. Tough lesson to learn for a young man. First big crack at entrepreneurialism, and it's an utter and complete failure. Brick said that didn't deter him. It was tough, and now he had these monthly loan payments that who knows how long it was going to take him to pay off. But again, one day he vowed he would give entrepreneurialism another crack. So after the business failed, he decided to pack up, got a job in Calgary, and started working there. Spent a couple years in Calgary working really hard for a little engineering firm, also doing some oil and gas stuff. It was going pretty well. He's still making those monthly loan payments. He gets an apartment in Calgary, a a reasonable car in Calgary, and then the big oil crash of the 1980s hit. Rick lost his job, his apartment, his car, and had to pack up and move home. Again, hearing those words from his grandma, You're too stupid to be successful. You'll never amount to anything. Rob and I often think of what that must have been like. Failed business. Finally get a decent job, apartment, car. Things are going okay. All of it stripped from you. Everything. Move back home with your parents. It was tough times. Brick said he refused to give up, refused to concede. He wouldn't even take his employment insurance. Started working for his dad shortly after that and just applied for jobs over and over and over again. I think that's another great lesson because a lot of times, 
you know, in my life, and I, I notice this in other people, when they get knocked down, they just quit. They concede. They wallow in pity. Instead of getting back to work, getting back after it, applying for more jobs, going back to what got you there in the first place. So within a couple of years, the economy started to pick up again, and, and Rick was again able to move back to Calgary from his hometown in Saskatchewan and got another job. And things were finally starting to go okay. Got another apartment, another car. Things at work were going okay. And it was around this time that the 1988 Olympics rolled into Calgary. And it was at the Olympics at one of the bars, Rick met the love of his life. Shortly after that, they got married. And times were really tough financially because Rick was still making those loan payments being a newlywed, lots of expenses, they were able to finally save up and get a mortgage. And they had their first child, a boy. And Rick tells us that times were so tough financially, they were so close, it was so tough to make ends meet that they looked at every single monthly expense and looked at what they could trim. And they trimmed everything right down to the cable bill to Rick had a term life insurance policy that he'd put in place in his early 20s. And he said that 40 or $50 a month was a lot of money to them then. So he canceled that policy. That's an important part of the story that we'll get back to later. So then they have their second child and, and things are starting to finally go okay at work. But again, Rick just feels deep down, something's not right. He wants to be an entrepreneur at the very least. He wants to do more in his job. So in his early 30s, after you know working at this company for over 10 years, he goes and asks his boss for promotion to a management position. And his boss says, no, you're not ready. So Rick says, that's okay, keep working hard. In a year time, he asks again. Again, he shut down. And this time, someone else less qualified is promoted over him. Not only that, but Rick is put into one of the most monotonous, brutal roles that you can get at an oil company, which is writing regulations and procedures. So Rick's, he's unhappy. Deep down, he wants more. And that inner entrepreneur, again, is screaming for an opportunity. Even though just about 15 years prior, he had a massive failure with his first oil company, he decides he's going to step up and try it again. So he starts making a business plan to create his own engineering company. He sees a need in the marketplace that a lot of these engineering firms that are servicing oil companies, they just aren't doing a great job. They're not putting the client first. They're not truly helping. So Rick says he's going to make an engineering firm where the motto is, we're here for you. We're here to help. Greater customer service than has ever been experienced. That's his idea. And he's really excited He's got his whole business plan together, rounds up a couple of business partners that are also excited, and then the unthinkable happens. All of a sudden, Rick comes down with a really bad cough one day. Doesn't think much of it, but it gets worse and worse, turns into pneumonia. He's feeling terrible. He has to stay home from work. Finally goes to the doctor, and they end up sending him in for x-rays because they just couldn't quite figure out what was wrong. And it turns out that Rick had a lung tumor lung cancer mid 30s not a smoker gets diagnosed with an extremely rare form of lung cancer that to my understanding only 30 or 40 people in North America a year experience this 
just as he's about to start his business, he gets this terrible setback. Two young kids at home, a wife. What is he going to do? He's been a good man his whole life. He's been nothing but good to people. Why him? Why? Why did he get dealt this terrible hand? But Rick said he never got too down. Again, he used that failure is not an option mentality. That he was going to persevere through this. He was going to survive. He was going to be there for his family. But of course, deep down, he must have been terrified. I can only imagine what that must have felt like. But he never got too negative. He never got too now too down. He put on a strong face for his family. And as he waved goodbye to them, getting rolled into the operating room, I'm sure deep down, not certain whether he was going to come out of there alive or not. But you can never see it in his face. He never wavered. He told us how he always stayed strong. And the operation went okay. They had to remove two-thirds of one of his lung to remove this tumor. And when he woke up in that operating room, they had made a mistake. The doctors had made a mistake. And they didn't administer the right painkiller. So he woke up and experienced the full pain of that operation. It must have been horrible. But again, he persevered. Got to see his kids and his wife in the hospital as he recovered. And fortunately, thank God, things went pretty well. Then a few weeks after that, he was able to go home and began the long road of recovery. And one of the favorite parts of Rick's story, as he's told Rob and I, is his job had given him six months off of paid time. It was part of his benefits package to recover from this operation. He had six months where he didn't have to go to work and got a full paycheck. And Rick said his recovery was going pretty good at home. And about halfway into that six months, he decided he was feeling good and just went back to work. Think about that for a second. We live in a society where... You know, there's people who will take a week or two weeks off because they have a sniffly nose. And here's Rick, two-thirds of a lung ripped out of him, wakes up with no painkillers, has another three months of paid time off, and the man goes back to work. And remember, he didn't even enjoy his career at the time. He had this brutal role. But there's a lesson to be learned there. And he tells us that he wanted to pass that lesson on to his kids. That you never take a free ride. You never take a free lunch. You always work for everything. Extraordinary, powerful message. So as Rick went back to work, he wasn't certain whether or not this cancer would come back. There were no guarantees. There were no guarantees he was going to be there a year from now or two years from now. He was terrified for his family. And so he decided at the very least he should go get some life insurance. Remember here, times were so tough early on that he had canceled his policy. Well, when he went to go and get insured because of his operation and situation, he was uninsurable. Think about that, what that must be like. In his late 30s now, recovering from a major operation, lung cancer, when he didn't smoke. Going back to work at a career at the time that he despised that didn't make him happy. And now he can't even get life insurance. He can't protect his family. Doesn't know what he's going to do. And so 
This was a turning point in Rick's life. He said it was terrifying, but again, he didn't really have a choice. He had to look after his family. He said, if I can't get a life insurance policy, I'm going to build my own. I'm finally going to listen to that inner entrepreneur. Once again, even though my first business failed, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start my own engineering company. Crazy. You know, when Rob and I think about that, what that must have been like. It was hard enough for us to quit our jobs and we don't have significant others. We don't have kids. We don't have dependents. And it was scary. It was terrifying to quit our job. And here Rick up and went with a mortgage, with two young kids, a wife that didn't work and quit his job to start a business. Unbelievable. The strength and the perseverance that that must have took. That choice has been such an inspiration for Rob and I. How we took this incredible adversity and turned it into an opportunity. But things didn't get any easier from there. This was 2007 when Rick quit his job. The economy was doing great. He thought the timing was perfect. Got a couple of clients. Things were going okay for the first few months. He was in business. There was, he was a long ways away from making a profit or being able to pay himself. But he said at least there was a light at the end of the tunnel. At least he could create something of value so that if something happened to him, his family would be okay. And then the 2008 crash hit. So Rick went up and went and started his business in arguably the worst economic depression downturn in really recent history. Very similar to what we're experiencing now. Lost a lot of his clients. A big job he had been working on was canceled. And here he is again. Lung cancer survivor. Two kids and a wife at home not knowing what he's going to do. Huge economic downturn hit. Just lost their biggest client. Said it was one of the lowest moments of his life. Sitting in his office wondering what the heck he had just done. He was so overwhelmed that he could do nothing but just get up and go for a walk. And as he was walking out outside, it started to rain. Seemed like the perfect symbolism. But he said it was in that rain that he just had this sense of peace come over him. That things were going to be okay. That he was going to find a way that he just had to push forward. Never quit. Never relent. Never stop. Do things his way. Push forward. And that's what Rick did. It was tough for months, but he kept pushing. He got more meetings downtown, made more calls, tapped more into his network. And then a job rolled in. Then the next job rolled in. And the next, and the next. And Rick kept pushing. And 12 years later, Rick's built that company up to 100 people. Given them all an, an extraordinary livelihood. He's been a, a mentor, a friend, and an inspiration to so many. He's changed more lives than Robert I can count. He set a phenomenal example for us, for his children, for the community. And he lives a great life now. He's not shackled by a paycheck. He has the freedom to do what he wants, when he wants. He spends his time how he pleases, goes in the office, 
when he decides to. He's paid the ultimate price for that freedom. He paid the price. He went through so many dark times and persevered through all of them. And just a couple of weeks ago, we watched Rick lose his father. And we've never seen someone so in peace with a loss like that. And the reason Rick was in peace was because over the course of the last several years, he spent more time with his dad than just about anyone. And he was able to spend that time with his dad because he wasn't shackled by a career. He wasn't shackled by having to be at the office somewhere because he built up his business and he paid the price that he paid. He was able to leave and go when he wished and spend a ton of time with his dad, really get to know him in those final years of his life. And so he was at peace because he knew he did everything that he could to be there for his dad, to spend time with him. And he knows that his father can rest in peace knowing that his grandkids are taken care of, that his son is doing well. And we thought that was so special, so inspiring, that he was able to have that peace and serenity with everything that happened. But again, it came at a price. It wasn't easy. And that's the lesson that I've learned from Rick. Is that success is so worth it. It's so worth it. It's getting to that point, getting to your full potential is the ultimate gift of life. It's the ultimate goal. But you have to be willing to pay the price. You have to be willing to go through these dark times like we're experiencing now and push through, never relent, never let up, never give up, always push forward. And the reason I know this story so well is because Rick is my dad. And that boy that was sitting by him in the hospital as he was screaming in agony because he woke up without painkillers when two-thirds of his lung was removed was me. I got to see Rick suffer through all of that. But he always pushed forward. And that's the greatest lesson that I learned from him, is be willing to pay the price. And that's the lesson that I'll leave with you today. As these days are hard, this coronavirus is scary, but this is just part of the price that we all have to pay to reach our full potential. And understand that it's times like these, it's dark moments like these, that are sometimes the greatest opportunity. That from this, we will grow. We will get better. And like Rick, we will be given an opportunity to become the best that we can be. I hope you all have an amazing week. Push forward, never relent. Yeah.